Do you love binge watching HGTV and scrolling all those wonderful Facebook posts about design ideas? Well, today we're going to talk all about it. So here we go. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. I'm going to be launching a digital course, How to Accessorize and Style Your Home in a New York Minute. That's right, I'm bringing it to you because over the last several years, it has been one of the top requested things that I get asked. And it just so happens it's what I'm really passionate about and what I've always loved to do. I always felt like your home wasn't fully dressed until I brought in that last layer and I loved doing it. And I love styling for my photo shoots. And most of the time I bring in all the accessories and get everything styled for a photo shoot. Guess what? The client wants to keep it all. Well, I'm going to show you my secrets, my tips, my tricks. It's going to be in a really simple video course broken up into modules that are going to be easy for you to get resources, solutions, and really quick wins at an affordable price, all with direction from me. So you can have your home looking like those sitting in a magazine or how I set them up for photo shoots really easily. I'm super excited. So you're going to want to get on the wait list because if you're on the wait list, you're going to be the first to know, you're going to be in the know, and you are going to be one of the ones to get the special introductory offer on the course. So to join, you can go to jillcalmaninteriors.com slash course dash waitlist. Or if you go to my Instagram profile at jillcalmaninteriors, you can get the link in bio directly there and sign up for the waitlist. There's no cost, no nothing right now. It's just to get you on the waitlist so you are privy to all the information and the special deals. I really hope to see you there. I'm so excited to bring this to you. Thank you so much. So I'm so excited to have Jen Bernicker on the show with me today. Before moving from New York City to Westport, Connecticut, yes, Jen is a city to suburbs transplant also. She moved to Westport about five years ago with her husband and two young kids. Jen had worked for 15 years as a television writer and director in New York City. Many of her credits were on home design and real estate programs for HGTV and TLC. Many of the shows you've seen, and she'll talk about those a little bit today. She's now a writer for Westport Lifestyle Magazine, and she's a freelance video producer specializing in lifestyle video content. Recently, Jen launched a social media design advisor group and a blog called Design Port, aimed at helping homeowners tap into their community for design ideas and inspiration. Jen has also worked in business development as a video producer for Suburban Jungle Realty and personally relates to the challenges of moving from the city to the suburbs and setting up a new life and a new home. So I'm so happy to have her with me here today. We've connected in the community through her development of her Facebook page, Design Port. And then as you can see with her background, it has so many touch points in the design area as well as in the city to suburbs transition and move and decor. So she's a great person to talk to. I hope you enjoy today's conversation and here we go. 
Hi, Jen. I'm so happy you're with me today. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Jill. It's really fun to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad. So we've connected and and I'm so happy that we have and we're going to get really into it. But let's start with you telling the audience a little bit about yourself and your background. So I was a freelance television producer and writer for HGTV and other networks during the 15 or so years that we lived in New York City. Mm. And then when I had kids, I took I always loved design. And I took some classes at FIT, and then I dabbled in some design work. I did a little bit of design consulting, but I generally ended up going back to production work on yeah. shows about design and food and fashion and that kind of thing. And then after my second child was born, I actually worked for Suburban Jungle Realty, and I did mm. business development with them, just trying something different. And so I really spent a lot of time thinking about like city versus suburbs and what makes you move and the angst that can come with that whole transition, which we experienced really hard for us to leave the city. We didn't want to go, but we had two kids and, you know, we just needed the space. Yeah. And we were really in search of community. You know, we wanted a group, we wanted to find people that we could just fit in with and have friends for our kids. And I think we really did ultimately find that here yeah. in it, but I really sympathize. I know a lot of your listeners are people who just moved and I think this must be a really hard time to to make that change. So yeah, we've covered that topic on a lot of episodes and literally spoke about it as if it's a grieving, there's a grieving period Mm -hmm. that you're going to go through and everybody's time for that cycle is a little different, but it's natural and sort of give yourself a break and allow yourself some grace to go through it because it is a big transition, you know? So it's funny because everything you've done and like, it's a touch point on everything that I do and, Uh and the audience. And so you're such a great guest to have because between your design background and then your own personal experience, and then we're going to get into what you're doing now. So it's, it's, really great to have you here. So yeah, come, you know, to the suburbs and recently you developed this page on Facebook. That's just for our community. I believe right now in Mm -hmm. our zip code, I think, or our County called design port. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about design port, what it is, what your inspiration for it was and your development of it. Okay. So, so like I said, I've always been really passionate about design and architecture and building. And over the years, I worked with a lot of professional designers in our apartment and our house. And I love that whole process because you know I love the collaboration and just sucking up knowledge. And I would get really involved. I would do my own floor plans and I'd source items and I would you know just get really into my Pinterest page. So I developed this sort of like base of design knowledge without really becoming a professional designer, which you know I, I'm not. But yeah. because of that, friends are always asking me for a design advice. And a lot of people are just not in a place to hire a designer. They're not ready or they don't realize quite what they need yet. So I often like going to friends' houses and helping them with paint colors or helping them with, you know, what lamp to get or just like little things like that. But then I find for my own house, which is like this continual work, you know, (laughs) work in progress, (laughs) I can be really indecisive. You know, I can stress about chairs for like a year, not knowing, ask friends, I don't know what goes because I have just too much in my head, right? I know too many things. Yeah, that, I, that's the problem as designers, what we face in our own homes too. Yes, anyway. Right. <laughs> so I, I just realized that everyone always has some design dilemma and it's just a matter of how big or small it is. Mm. Like a big one, like a new kitchen or a full room that you want to be beautiful or the whole house, you, you know, I really think you need a professional decorator so that you don't make expensive mistakes and you get the end result you want. Yeah. For small things like, you know, I want to upgrade my doorknobs or what chandelier would go over this table or what color blue should I put in my son's room? Sure. Call a professional for that, at least not right yet. But this indecision and all of these options can make you procrastinate. And then over time, Mm -hmm. a lot of stress. 
But then meanwhile, you probably have friends who just researched new knobs or just did 10 shades of blue or just went sofa shopping. Yep. I wanted to create a way for people to tap into that knowledge just to get them unstuck. And so I wanted to create this social media page devoted to design. But you know, I never felt like I had the time. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, everyone's home, including me, staring at their walls. Let's just do this. So I made this page called Design Port. Yep. Which is a Facebook page. And it's really just about all things home design and renovation related. So you can pose a design dilemma. Some people on the site are professionals. Like it's awesome when you offer your advice and people are not, but you can ask for recommendations and ultimately, hopefully designers who do offer free advice will down the road, get a job out of it. Right. Cause that's how, that's how, you know, it's one way to market yourself. But then, you know, more than anything else, I think it's just a community. It's a way for people to connect with people who, you know, you know, or maybe don't know. And, you know, you might have this corner of your house that's been bothering you, but you're afraid Mm -hmm. to ask, you're not going to put that on your regular Facebook page because it might seem silly, right? Like, right. What, what size doormat is right here? People will be like, what? Like you have too much time on your hand. <laughs> but right. Like we don't need to hear about that lady. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. No, it's so, so smart what you've done and, and you've tapped into, you know, I think social media in general, it's where we go for so much, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even as a designer, you know, a lot of us with businesses, it, it was word of mouth. Well, now it's word of mouth, but in a different way. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like we just did a research study in my business at the end of last year. And I think it was like, of the referrals came through Facebook for what we got. So that's still considered word of mouth, yes, but you have to be on that platform or in those mom's groups. But now here's this group tailored to specifically what you said where, because listen, hiring a designer can be intimidating. And part of what I'm trying to do with my services is give professional advice in the design arena, but make it feel accessible to you because Uh it should. And you know, even people, listen, I had clients over the years who had multi-million dollar homes and they were afraid to call a designer and they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? That shouldn't be. So I do think it's nice where also, like you said, it may not be a service a designer offers. You might have a one-off or just a couple quick questions, you know? And so you might not even need an hour of anybody's time Mm -hmm. um, or multiple hours. And so you want a place to go where, like you said, someone's already been through it maybe, or they've done it, or they used a certain product or a certain color. So they're able to speak really firsthand about it. And the whole thing is cool to me too, because it includes the community as well as like you just said, the designers, the ones who want to participate on the page. You know, somebody might be like, wow, I really liked her advice, or I really like that she's making this seem accessible. And maybe I'll give her a call because I need to do this room. You know, I mean, you never really know. So I think it's such a nice platform and I'd love to see it in every zip code. Honestly, I think it's great. I would too. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how we can expand it and still keep it really homegrown feeling and not too commercial. Yeah. I think you can, you know, and that's probably for another conversation, but I think you can. And so anyway, I think that's great what you've done because I think social media in general, don't you, whether you're sourcing stuff on Pinterest or looking at Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting design, either inspiration or information or advice. Yep, exactly. And I think, you know, I definitely don't think it's to replace a designer. As we said, I think that like HGTV, something like DesignPort and, or any kind of social media design media, you know, outlet is it's for inspiration. And it's also, you know, let's just say it's just a fun distraction from us. It's just fun. And you can just let yourself kind of like 
be distracted and, and get involved in helping someone else pick a wallpaper because why not? It's just fun. And, yeah. and you know, it's, an, it's a nice mental break from all the other stressful stuff going on. And then that leads you to thinking, oh, well, maybe actually I could do that. Or maybe I should consider redoing, you know, maybe it's, it's in my budget to retile this bathroom. I hadn't even thought about it. Someone else just did it. So... Right. Or maybe you or your husband are kind of handy and want to take on a project that's creative. I mean, there's a lot of people that were working so crazy and they might have had the passion or and wanted to do stuff and they just didn't have the time. And now they're yeah. like, you know what, we got to be home on the weekends mostly anyway. So maybe we'll do it. But and, and they have some advice and and that's okay. Like I, I do want people to know that's okay if you're gonna do some stuff on your own, if you have those skills and ability. I have someone who just hired me and the husband's doing like the rent, he's a huge DIYer and he's doing the reno all on his own, but they hired me to do the decor in like nine of the rooms. That's amazing. And, and that's fine, you know? So anyway, it's all, it's all good. A little bit on the construction and then spend a little more on the decor and yeah, right balance. Yeah. We've had some posts. I love when people post like videos about DIY projects. Like this friend of mine posted like a time lapse of her painting her little cottage yellow to white, but it took I her love it. They had to renovate, you know, they had to restore all the wood and Oh, it's so satisfying to watch you know to watch a video of somebody doing that, or just you know, I really it's a great site for DIYers too. Well, yeah, and just a little video like that, you might see it and be like, "Oh, you know what? I never thought about even repainting our whatever." And you know, I think I think we're going to think about a different color. I mean, it even happens to me whether it's with cooking or home design or fashion. I might see a quick little reel or something and be like, "Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's kind of a nice idea." Mm-hmm. So, like you said, and it's a nice distraction, <laughs> which we all really need right now. What are some of the biggest trends you're seeing in the group, whether it's topics or needs or... Okay. So yeah, I actually looked back because I figured you would ask me about that. And I the one post in the last month that got, I think, the most comments was uh, someone who posted that they're building a house and she asked for what things we all can't live without in our homes. Yeah. Like 86 comments in a day or two. Wow. Um, yeah. People just love this question because so many people have been through renovations or they, they've thought about what they would do. The most common responses were a big pantry, mm. a mudroom, a big mudroom, two dishwashers if you have space, mm-hmm. large kitchen island, but no sink or stove in the island, people seem to say. Keep the space free. A living room with high ceilings and a central vacuum system and a second floor laundry and heated, flo- heated floors in the bathroom, that too. <laughs> yeah. You know, she got some. There are a lot of posts about bathrooms. I think bathrooms are great because it's an area where small upgrades can make a big difference. Yeah. We don't know how to do it, right? So there's a lot of posts about like powder rooms and people want to change the paint or wallpaper. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know which mirror, or which light. And that's something which, you know, a designer can give you a gorgeous bathroom. But if you're really not able to do that right now, you can just use wallpaper and a fresh mirror and, you know, keep the old sink for now and have like a completely different looking space. Oh, totally. I'm all about that. In fact, I'm about to post a reel about like in a kitchen, what are three things you could do that really make it fresh and almost new? Like people might think you did a remodel and you didn't. So there are cosmetic things you can do if, because sometimes it's not even budget. Sometimes it's about, you might not be in the house that much longer or, I don't, there's all kinds of reasons why, right? So things like that. And yeah, like you said, you could change the mirror out. Sometimes in a in a living room or family room, you can change your throw pillows out and give the room a whole new look. Yeah. So yeah. I'm all about that. I think those tips are handy. I do them in my own house. Like it's fine, you yep. know? Yep. There's also a lot of posts about window treatments. I think people are really stuck with wind. They don't know if they should do shades or curtains, what style, where to buy them, how to get a good price. I actually think that's a case in point for like mm, a professional designer is the person to talk to about that because they know yeah. 
what to do. But, you know, there's also a lot of like products on the market that if you choose wisely and get someone at the store who's knowledgeable to help you, you can, you know, come out with a great result. I actually had the vice president of the shade store on my podcast. And it was, I think, one of the most downloaded episodes because Mm -hmm. it wasn't just about the shade store. It was just about all window treatments in general. And people really, because it, you know, the thing is they're expensive and you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. And I think that window treatments have become a lot more minimalist over the years. Mm -hmm. So people are kind of like, what do I do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, there's two other posts that I find get a lot of traction. I try to post a lot about art. People just do not know what to put on their walls and they end up like going to home goods and buying it. And it's like, no, like there's, you know, you need to look at local art, who's in your community. And I try to post these like, you know, local artists who are selling work that's not that expensive, a couple hundred dollars. Maybe it's a couple thousand for something big if you're in the market for, you know, a real piece, but you could paint a wall white and put a beautiful painting on it and suddenly your house looks decorated. People really have like the local art posts. And then good. There's, you know, I try I try to do these like right, I'll do makeover Monday or Tuesday tutorial, which often feature mm-hmm. designers, Wednesday walls. I try to do art and wallpaper and paint. Thrifty Thursday, I try to do like DIY and you know, deals and steals. Yeah. And then on Sunday, most Sundays I try to do a sustainable Sunday, which is yeah. like things that you can do that are green. But the ones that get the most attention are ones that are about decluttering with sustainability. So like, mm-hmm. did you know you could take your old jeans to Madewell and they'll recycle them and give you a coupon? People love that stuff. I think like responsible recycling and pro- like productive decluttering is really big for people now because we all just have too much stuff. So <laughs> easy to get from Amazon and Wayfair and you just you're like, oh, why did I buy those throw pillows and not return them? And you know, if you know of a place where you can pass them on or recycle them, that's, you know, better than just like dumping them in a bin somewhere where you don't know where it's going. I'm surprised by how much people have liked those posts. Yeah, no, that's really important because it was funny. I was just thinking about like organizers this week and stuff and Mm -hmm. with the new year and there's one organizer who I love. She's been on my podcast and I might have her come again, but even in my own home, I'm thinking, you know, the key to all this is purging. Like Mm -hmm. I can be so much more organized when I just purge, you know, and we do typically have so much more than we really need or use. And so I think, like you said, if you have these old jeans, if you feel like, oh my gosh, they can be recycled at Madewell, you just feel so much better than throwing them in the garbage, you know, or I mean, yeah, I mean, I donate clothes too. I think that's nice to help other people, but sometimes you have something that's like, it's too torn or it's too worn. Right. Mm -hmm. But knowing that like Madewell could reuse the denim or there's other companies that do upcycling that use fabric. So yeah, yeah, that's really great. I also posted that Marine layer takes your t-shirts and they give you a coupon and they, they make them into new t-shirts. Perfect. And I think these like purging projects, sometimes it's easier than the decorating project because you you know you, you could just dive in and then you clear the space and suddenly you're like okay now I think I can deal with you know finally getting a new sofa you know because you feel like you have mental space to to look at your house in a fresh light and you know I know for me like the first thing I see whenever I come in the door to a room in my house is the mess and yeah you know if I if I have a place to put everything then you know or just like less clutter then suddenly I can deal with like oh you know what we really ought to we could paint that and it would look a lot better or, yeah of course so I'm not surprised sustainability is a trend too any others or is that pretty much those are you know those yeah are- that's a lot that's yeah. a lot that's trending and you know what it is a really active platform and I think it's great and I think I'm sure you've been getting feedback I'm sure people are loving it in the yeah. community yeah oh yeah. and I mean and of course kitchens kitchens are always huge people yeah. ask for help layout yeah. or cabinet color backsplash, but you know, you mentioned kitchen flow. Yeah. Like the number one. And I would love to feature 
somehow more kitchen. We did one kitchen tour, video kitchen tour, but I'd love to feature more kitchens just because it's like, it's candy. You know, it's just fun to look at kitchens. It definitely is. So let's talk about HGTV as a platform because you've got firsthand experience with it. I want to talk about the role it has, the benefits it has, the inspiration and, and things to note about it. Listen, it's been around a long time. You probably know better than me when it started. Do you know the year it started? I don't know. I, really have, I don't know when HGTV started. But anyway, it's been around a while yeah. and people love it. No matter how anyone feels about it, I'm sorry, but people love it. I'll let you start. I have a few things to say about it, but I'll let you start. Okay. So I really loved working in production. I was in my 20s and early 30s. So it didn't matter to me that I was like a work till eight o'clock every night. Whereas now yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. And you know, such instant gratification on a design show. I mean, you, you'd prep it for like six to eight weeks before the shoot actually happened. But then the actual shoot, you know, it really is fun to do a whole renovation in two or three days. But, you know, and I, and I think the role of HGTV is kind of similar to like how I see social media, like a design port. It, it doesn't take the place of a designer, but it can give you inspiration. Yeah. And it's also like a guilty pleasure, you know, flipping through a magazine and just letting your mind escape watching TV and just, you know, I know I watch HGTV when I'm on the elliptical because it's just like my yeah. fun way to pass the time. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, what you don't know is that often the numbers on an HGTV show, the budget for the renovation are not clear. And the viewers right. aren't really told how much the homeowner actually out of pocketed for this makeover. And it's often a lot more than <laughs> you think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the homeowners left having to undo something or fix something that broke. So it's not all like, you know, how it seems. <laughs> so people are like just dying to get on a show, you know, to think twice before you do. It's, it's a big time commitment and expense. But, you know, for us viewers, it's really fun to watch. I mean, look, it's been here a long time. It's going to continue to be here a long time. I think that in the beginning, designers felt like, well, it's so misleading because it shows this house being put together in two days and that takes months. I think in the beginning, it was easy to maybe make that assumption. I think people are smart enough now to know and look at it and be like, that's TV and we get it. And like, there's some shows where they might have a crew of a hundred in the background doing it. And in real life, that doesn't happen. I do think people are basically smart enough to know that that particular renovation isn't going to happen in three days. I think like you just said, with budget, you also have to take into account where you live. Like some of the shows on there, even when they're looking for vacation homes and property, yeah. you look at the budget and you're like, oh my God, here you could never get anything. You know, so same thing. You just have to take it with a grain of salt and just not take it sort of as, oh, okay, well, they spent X, so that means I should spend X. Right. Well, not necessarily because it depends where you live. It depends, you know, sometimes they're having the labor and everything donated. <laughs> sometimes they're, you know, so just take that with a grain of salt. But I think it's an amazing platform. I yes. think that it shows people, I think it inspires people, I think it does educate. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, like yeah. you said, it, it is a TV show. It's pr they have to produce it. I mean, that's not to any fault of theirs. It's not trickery. It's just right. literally putting together a TV show. So that is different than in real time, let's say, knocking down a wall and renovating a kitchen. Yes, yeah. no, it's all scripted. I mean, you know, I used to write those scripts for the hosts to read. So it's not like any of that is a surprise. What what happens in the episode? Right. <laughs> all planned out and sometimes things go a little awry, but usually, you know, they know what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, even shows like this old house, right? Like when they encounter, like, and they pull a wall down and they encounter a problem, that's good to learn from because, you know, you can learn like, oh, well, I have to account for the fact that when the contractor pulls the wall down, there might be a problem with my pipe or whatever, or the electrical is going to need to be updated. So I think those shows shine a light and can help. I don't, I don't see them negatively the way 
sometimes the industry might, I don't know, not everybody, but like some people, but yeah, I think with budget, you definitely have to take with a grain of salt because it depends where in the country you are. Don't you think? You know, yes, definitely. And there's a huge range in the quality of the designers on the shows, obviously, you know, there's some people doing amazing work and then there's some stuff that's like, "Mm, okay, I don't even know if I'd want that if it was free, but you know, but they make for good television because they might be really funny or they might have a great relationship with their cousin or something. Most people that are on there actually, you know, it's very hard to get cast as those designers and they they are really at the top of their game but it also depends on who's hired to be the design producer and do most of the work and who the carpenters are that happen to be on that set so big range and if you know people always ask i never worked on like design you know the big shows i I don't know if people would remember i worked on a show called small space big style for three years i remember that show that was my like my favorite job ever because it was actually hosted by a homeowner and not by Mm -hmm. a host so you could have anyone from a person, you know, a DIYer who did, did their own small space all by themselves to a designer who did their apartment or an architect who wants to show you a space they did, but it was like hosted by the person who did it. And I love that. It was just so much fun to see what people would do with these under 500 square foot spaces. It was, that, that was a great show. And then I worked on something called Bought and Sold, which was a real estate show. And I worked on Splurge and Save, which was like a high-low, something called Shop This Room. That was really, I mean, I love that. And if I could somehow recreate that in the suburbs, I, I would. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's all great. And it just, like you said, it's it's also HDTV. There's something about it that's relaxing. Right now, there's something about it that's a wonderful diversion. And I think with everybody being home, all the more, it's going to be a platform to me that I think just grows and it should, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Yeah. So that's really interesting. All right, next, Jen, mm-hmm. let's answer some group follower questions that you got in the group. And I'm also going to include some too from people who've messaged me, but let's start with yours. So I think you have one about plants. Yes, at least two or three people have posted it recent week asking for a good source for fake plants. And I don't know what to tell them because I haven't, you know, people have given some good suggestions, but I wondered if you had one that was tested by you that you liked. Okay. Yeah. Here's a higher end one. So all the designers typically use the brand called IDS. And probably if you Google it, I'm sure it's sold on other websites. It's a very high end artificial plant. So they're pricey, but they're very, very good. I Mm. also happen to think from a different price point level, I have seen and had some excellent ones from West Elm and Pottery Barn. Excellent. And you can yep. score some great ones at Home Goods. And okay. once in a while, Home Goods, I think, will even get an IDS branded one. You might not always know it's that brand because I think they have to rip certain tags off, oddly enough, but I don't know. You may. But I have found really good ones at those sources. Now, we've also even in the past for photo shoots, we ordered like a fiddle fig off Amazon. And again, we've done pretty well. Yeah. So you don't, if you're doing it off Amazon, just don't go with the lowest price point. That's probably not going to look as real. The trick to really making it look good is getting it into an interesting container and then going either online or somewhere and buying like some nice moss or other material that you can kind of put along the bottom. And that's going to make it look even more natural. But you do want to make sure the leaves and the branches don't look too plasticky or anything like that. So if you do source something off Amazon, like a palm or a fiddle fig or an orchid, you're going to want to, you know, just don't go with that lowest price point necessarily. But I will say West Elm and Pottery Barn do really well with synthetic plants. Great. Okay. That's such useful information. And I love the idea about the moss. 
like that plastic brown dirt is what is the real look at the killer. Right? Yeah, you want to like, cover oh, that up. It's something that's actually really an, a real natural fiber. And sometimes even the craft stores like Michael's has them. Locally mm-hmm. here in Westport, we have terrain or other florists, right? Or online, I'm sure it's very easy to obtain that. And even some of the stores like Pottery Barn and other places in the past, they sell sometimes bags of moss. And I've even bought them for photo shoots to embellish in pots and things. It makes a huge difference. Okay. That's great. I love that. I will bring that down. I don't have a green thumb at all. So I'm all about having an artificial plant because I love plants, but I tend to kill them. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I want them in every room and you can't keep, I can't keep a plant alive in every room. I can keep like one or two plants alive, but the rest. Yeah. I- and you know what? Having a fern, like either, I will say a real fern is relatively low maintenance, but there's even some artificial ferns. And I will say there's something about a fern that looks really pretty in any setting. We've even used them in master bathrooms they do last quite a long time and don't take a ton of maintenance as well as, you know, I put sometimes palm outside in the summer and then in the fall, I'll bring it in because as long as it's warm enough inside. So it just depends what it is, but you can get all that in synthetic versions. You just want to get a decent enough quality one. Okay. But that's good to know about the live fern. I will try the live fern. Another one, people want to know always what the go-to sofa or sectional is. They say, I need a new sofa. And it's like, wow. Okay. Where do we begin? You know, I don't know what the price point is. I don't know, but you want to know, and they'll get a ton of comments from people. But that's again, like, even with a bunch of advice from people in your community, it's still hard to go buy the sofa because you haven't sat in it. You don't, you know, you have to get fabric swatches. So I think it would be good to know, like, what's your go to of the newer brands or whatever's out there for, like, I don't know, let's say a mid price point, like someone spending you know, three to $5,000. I think that's kind of an average, right? It's, you know, you can so go- it's an investment. And I always recommend it's the main, one of the main bones of the room. So you don't want to skimp on it too much because you want it to last, you want it to hold up. But like you said, that sort of mid price point is good. So I will tell you in the last couple of years, it's not that prior to this, they were doing a bad job, but in the last couple of years, the designs, especially, but the construction has been amazing with Pottery Barn as well as the fabric choices, there's a lot of fabric choices and really good ones. So we've actually sourced a lot of gorgeous sectionals and sofas from Pottery Barn in amazing fabrics that clients have been super happy with. They also have a line called their comfort line. Mm -hmm. And that's really nice. And what's nice is Pottery Barn's pretty accessible to most people throughout the country. And if not through their 800 number, they'll send you swatches and things like that. So that has been a really good one. I do think Crate and Barrel has some nice ones. I think you have to pick and choose which ones. And again, if you can sit on it, it's helpful. Right. As far as like a manufacturer of sofas in general that I love in the industry and that you can purchase as a consumer is Lee. I think Lee's sofas are tremendously comfortable. I really like their styling. They have lots of fabrics to choose from. So if you are like moving away from sort of a big box store, Mm -hmm. so we have, you know, sort of your Crate and Barrel and Pottery Barn, but then you have Lee. And the price point isn't greatly different, to be quite honest with you. And I love Lee sofas. Okay. We've been using a lot of those. Oh, and there's another brand that actually a few of my clients in the last year have introduced me to. I haven't sat on one personally. They have and love them. I thought the price point was remarkable and I love the styles and that was made in home. Yep. So a few of my clients, absolutely. They had friends who had them and they sat on them and they loved them. And in a design project that I did for her, she's like, I definitely want the made in home. So if you could just source the style, the size and the fabric for me, that's the one I'm getting. I'm like, okay, great. Right. So I haven't personally firsthand, but I've only heard good about them. And they're, like I said, I was blown away by their price point. That is, yeah, that is such helpful information to have. Yeah. 
you know, I think with a lot of these, these choice, these purchases, like if someone can just help you get it down to two or three vendors or sources, and then you can begin picking, but it's just, if you're looking at 15 places, it's just too much. So you, you yeah. And you know, a lot like I think Maiden Home too, they'll send you swatches. So as far as the fabric goes, you can usually get your hands on a swatch. I mean, around Christmas, things got back ordered and out of stock, but other than that being the exception, you can get them. And then, yeah, if you can get either to the local store that you have or showroom, you know, Lee has carried at a lot of local furniture stores that you can sit on, you know, or if you have a friend that says this is this, and then, you know, cause you've sat on it in their house, that's fine too. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Great. Super solid. Awesome advice to, ha- yeah. to bring back to the, the next time someone asks about that. Yeah. You have another one for me? The third one I wrote down is sort of, I feel like the perennial evergreen question is what countertop material should I use? Like for me, I've done, you know, maybe two kitchens for myself and always used white quartzite. So that's all I know. I'm like, I know this, it works. I love it. Right. <laughs> I don't know about anything else. So here's, you know, it comes down to people's tolerance level about what they can, as far as maintenance, upkeep, patina, all this stuff. So when you go to Europe, all the marble is completely patinaed and stained. And and that's how it is. And I grew up in the antique business, right? So it, it doesn't really bother me. But we're in a society where everybody wants everything really perfect looking and really clean looking. And so if you want that, then, you know, the more porous, the softer materials are going to do things like X and acid is going to affect them like spilling lemon juice or tea or sauce or wine. I've been a really big fan of quartz products. Quartz has come a long way. So there's a lot of different brands out there. Do your research, but even the Stoneyards have them. I recently updated my kitchen and I used quartz. So it looks like marble, but it cleans so easily. If something spills and you don't wipe it up quickly, it's okay. Nothing's going to happen. I just cook a lot and I cook a lot of tomato sauce. We have a lot of red wine going. And so even though I don't mind the patina and all of that, I didn't, I'm just not sure. I wanted to just have something where I knew it was easy. Having said that, quartzite is probably my next choice if you're going with a natural stone, because like you said, you can get it in relatively light and white colors. And as far as its durability and maintenance, it's probably the lower on the scale as opposed to going up to some of the other marbles. So those would be my choices. Now, I love the other stones. And again, it just has to do with your level of what you can accept for patina, spills, and then maintenance, because all of it can be, you know, honed down and repolished. And it's just a matter of, you know, whether you want to, the expense of that and the time of that. But if you're willing to maintain it and reseal it every couple of years and all of that, then that could be a choice for you. You know, yep. I will say the majority of people want the convenience, right? So they're probably going to be in the quartz or quartzite category. There's some people who they like a look of a certain marble and then they put it in. I mean, it's funny in the eighties when granite was super popular. The only reason why I wish it was popular again is you can't ruin granite. You can put a hot pan that's just boiled pasta on it. You can, it, granite is so durable. I love it. But, you know, the style of it with all that speckling went out. There are granites at some of the stone yards now that you can find if it is a true granite and it's the color you want, it's not too speckled for you or the pattern you want. I will tell you, you can, granite is permanent. Like it's just, you can't kill it. So, you know, in the eighties when all the granite was in, nobody had these issues with stone doing all this because granite, you just, it's impervious practically. I mean, it's not, it's, it's a natural stone, but it just is, it holds up so, so well. So if you can find, there are white granites and there's other, if you can find granite, I'm a big fan of granite. 
this is a challenge <laughs> that I know oftentimes people have kitchens that have granite countertops, like the old, you know, the multicolored speckles yes. kind, the yeah. cream and black and sparkles in there. Yes. And they want to update their kitchen, but they don't want to change the countertop. Okay. So that doesn't matter their budget. My mother is going through this right now in her own kitchen. Yeah. Have you ever found a way to update, you know, do you paint the cabinets like cream, like pull out one of the colors from the counter? Is there a way to do it? Or is it like just wait and redo your whole kitchen when you can afford new countertop? I mean, I find it depends how big the eyesore is. I mean, there's been people I've had that move in and like you you just said, they don't want to rip it all out. So like we picked, we were repainting the cabinets in the kitchen anyway. So we picked a tone that worked much better with the tone of the granite. Mm-hmm. And that did just sort of rest your eye. Right. Now, there are some that are so loud that no matter what paint you put, it's still going to glare at you. Right. You know, I mean, I have seen, and I don't know firsthand how it works. There's people who paint countertops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how well it holds up firsthand, but you you could explore that. I do think I have in several cases just repainted the kitchen cabinetry to a much better color that coordinates with the top and then it just becomes much more tolerable and livable and then you don't you don't sort of hate it as much so to speak. Yep, and just change the hardware and Ultimately, though, anything in your home, and we've all done it, I've done it in my own home several times, you try to sort of get around what's there, right? And you do the best. And ultimately, it's one of those things that still kind of bonks you on the head every time you walk in the room, ultimately end up changing it. But, you know, sometimes you just can't do it right now, financially or time-wise, or maybe you don't want people in your house right now because of COVID. You know, doing little quick things around it and making it more tolerable for a while is a perfectly fine thing to do. And I'm all for that. Yep. All right. That's great advice. Yeah. We'll really use that. Yeah. So this has been such a good chat. We've chatted about so many things and I'd love to close the show by having you give your best tips or advice. If you have any more, we've already covered so much and also just let listeners know where they can locate you, your different platforms and things, and we'll put them all in the show notes as well. Okay. So well, first I just want to say, I think that, you know, most people listening are probably moms like us. And I think that right now it's just survival. And, you know, if you have little kids at home or, you know, all you can do is get them fed and do homeschool, you know, that's already a full-time job. So don't stress out if you can't deal with decorating right now. If your house is just a total train wreck, like that's just what it is. And it's totally fine. No scares. It's just really hard to be a mom during a pandemic and also probably have a job. You know, I know like my kids right now are in school three hours a day and then it takes me like a whole other hour after they've gotten on the bus to yeah. from like the PTSD of having just homeschooled them. So <laughs> I'm very productive right now. I get like an hour or two to myself and you just have to be so disciplined to make that productive and I'm not. So I end up being up till one in the morning most nights and I'm just tired all the time. Yeah. So, you know, that's all to say that like if decorating is just not happening right now, then, you know, whatever. But yeah, like I always say, like, give yourself a break. Like it's okay. Just give yourself a break. That's all. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah. on your list and it makes you feel, you know, it, you know, but as we both know, like you feel so much better after you got something done that just makes you happy and it just works better. Yeah. So I think, you know, pick a room like I know I'm a big fan of Marie Kondo, even though my house is not Marie Kondoed. Just like see what's really not bringing you joy, like what's just driving you crazy. Is it that like that really that fireplace that you hate, or is it the, your your living room couch, whatever it is? And you know, don't think about other people's houses and what it should look like. Just think about what's going to bring you the most happiness, and then you know, like start a Pinterest page. And you'll find that, you know, don't look at the prices. I think as you, you'd said to me once when we were talking, just look at the style. And eventually you look back at that Pinterest page and you realize that you actually have a point of view and there's a look that you're going for. 
and you see what gets you the most excited. And now if you know how to source that yourself and you want to deal with looking at fabrics and whatever yourself, great. If not, talk to a designer. Or if you just need a place to start, something like a social media page with a bunch of people that are talking about design is actually a helpful first step to just sort of get the conversation going and make yourself a checklist. So that's where you, yes, and, you know, even though like some other communities might not have design port, there's all kinds of moms groups, obviously in every community. And I think it, within those groups, there's probably things like this where, you know, these tips can come up and, and if you're part of that community, that's a helpful spot too. But yeah, moms, we actually did a couple episodes, entire episodes on this. Moms need a break right now. If the decorating is a nice diversion and it relaxes you great. If it stresses you out more then just hold off. Like whatever's putting stress on you right now, don't do. (laughs) But probably it's stressing you out more to have like this unfinished space or some space that's not working well for you. So like you just gave advice of, you know, joining communities and even starting a Pinterest board. And that's fun and creative and a good diversion. Even if you're not going to execute it for several months, at least you start your planning. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, we just need like, it's a lot. (laughs) Say that. It's a lot. It's a lot. We're not done yet. Yeah. We're still in it. Yeah. So if you want to mention any social media platforms that you personally are on or any other places to find you, we'll put them in the show notes, Jen, if you have that. Okay. So you can follow, you can join the Design Port community on Facebook at facebook.com backslash groups backslash Design Port. Great. And then on Instagram, we have a blog that's right now it's called Design Port CT. So on Instagram, we are at Design Port CT. Excellent. You don't have to be from CT to... (laughs) <laughs> to like it. Join, right? Okay. Yep. All right. In the coming weeks and months, we'll have more video content, more tips, just more of everything. I really love all that you've done. And you have such a great background that melds so many different things together. So I think it's just really, really cool. And I think it's really helpful to people right now. I, I really commend you for what you've done. Oh, thank you so much, Jill. And I really, I really think that you're like just so awesome in what you do and the way that you, that you help people and that you make yourself approachable and available is really unique. And I really think that's, yeah, thanks. I'm sure I, you know, I think it's important. I think it should be accessible to everybody and you should be able to feel like you could tackle getting, you know, your home or a room done in whichever path you choose, you know, mm-hmm. there's all like anything else in life, there's a million paths. So anyway, thank you so much for being here with me today. I appreciate you taking the time and I really look forward to having more connection with you. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much, Jill. You're welcome. So I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Jen. I love everything that she's doing. And I thought she'd be a great person to have on, you know, to talk about the influence of social media, these various groups that are online, and communities where we can gain more information, advice, seek inspiration, you know, along with Pinterest and Instagram and all those other things. And certainly on you know, platforms like that and ones like HGTV, like we spoke about, you know, use them for inspiration. Know that in your area, you know, pricing could be very different for labor, for materials, for various things. Pricing does seem to be different, you know, throughout the country. So as long as you keep that in mind and you also know timing on, you know, TV is always sped up as opposed to real time, then you'll be in pretty good shape. I really think using the community that she's created, and I'm sure there are others like it, 
And I know even in some of the parent groups, seeking advice from other people, like we mentioned, where they may have already had an experience of going through one or two remodels or building a home or redecorating a home and can speak firsthand about certain things that they used, but always go with what's true to you. The one thing I caution about those is that you might pose a question and you might get like 30 different answers and a lot of different advice. So use your best judgment. If it still seems overwhelming, hire a professional. It's not great to crowdsource to do things that take or require a huge investment. So you're just going to want to be cautious. If it's a paint color, even if 10 people have recommended it, sample it because it might look great in 10 people's homes and really bad in yours. So take the advice of the color. Maybe it helps you narrow it down, but sample it. So that's just an example. Like, you know, take the advice, but then take the time after, then go with what's right for you and make that little investment of buying a paint sample versus just painting a whole room because then you've made a much more expensive mistake. And of course, if it's a lot of different things you need to do, seeking a professional is always best. And there's many ways to do that. Designers work in many different ways and offer many different services. So in one of my prior episodes, I talk about, you know, finding the designer that's right for you. So find a designer who has a service that matches up with what you would be interested in and what would be comfortable for you and would give you the results that you need. There's not a one size fits all like with anything else. So I really thought it was a great discussion. Jen's just Got so many different areas in this field that she's touched upon, and I thought she was just a great person to listen to. So I hope you enjoyed it. And from my home to yours, I will see you here next week. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I really love doing it. And if you're enjoying it as much as I am, please head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. I would love to hear from you, and I would love the support on the podcast. I happen to have on my website, if you go to jillcalmaninteriors.com, some great freebies for you. So I have your mini moving guide, and this is all the things you might not think about, some little quick tips to get you settled and on your way to moving to the suburbs. I have a home planner, which is an amazing thing to help you plan out design because interior design sometimes falls at the bottom of the list once you've moved in and then you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed because you haven't planned for it. So the planner helps you do just that. It's in a really easy, simplistic form. It's free to download and it'll help you reach your design goals. I also have a moving organizer. And before you move, you're going to want to get this. This has all the checklists and all the pages you are going to need to Go through your home search, find the right home, get settled, and get through all those details. And that's available on my website for $29. So head on over. There's lots of freebies and lots of things for you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.